Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Hey, welcome, everyone. Welcome. Good morning. just realized this is all like warped. Happy uh, Cinco de Mayo, fellas. It is. Cinco de Mayo. Taco Thursday, right? Yeah. Well, did you bring tacos? <laughs> you were leaving today. That was kind of, <laughs> was kind of leader's responsibility. Yeah, I guess I dropped the ball. Feeling kind of gypped right now. Should some breakfast tacos. That would have been good. <laughs> yeah. I think that is now cultural appropriation if we have tacos on Cinco okay. de Mayo because none of us are Hispanic. So. Well, we can always go with Revenge of the Sith today. <laughs> Revenge of the Fifth today. All I heard was I'm a nerd. <laughs> You're <laughs> All I heard him what saying heard just saying. now. Yeah. Yeah. I was worried yesterday because Chad uh, notoriously posts um, things on May the 4th be with you. And it was midday and I hadn't seen anything. And I'm like, does Chad not know what day it is? And, oh, and, I uh, know what day it is. But then he did a, a <laughs> yeah, he did a, a meme dump and uh, caught up. So, yeah. But yeah, I was a little concerned. Well, I caught some flack last year for my exorbitant posting of Star Wars memes. For many people, so it's huh. just so like not like you. <laughs> it's so out of character. It's my I have one nerdy and well, I probably have several, but one that people know about. Yeah. <laughs> I keep my nerdy indulgences yeah. kind of close. No, that's just Star Wars <laughs> chat. There's other chats. Oh, there is. <laughs> we, we probably shouldn't go into Dude, that. Dude, I saw that your wife posted the best picture of you. Yeah, she like late dumped some pictures from your trip. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's the. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Probably the one on the beach. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Beach Chad, yeah. Paradise Chad, yeah, <laughs> Paradise. yeah, it was good. I had my brimmed hat. Like I'm into brimmed hats now after that trip, dude. You're just you know? chest wide open. You're just yeah. taking laid out with your straw hat. It was sick. Yeah, it was. I, I had to save it. I you, say, you saved it. Wow. I had to save that picture. I don't don't think, how I feel about. Don't it. think like, weird of me. What are you gonna do with? Just it? send it to you. At the just right like time. look at it once in a while. When I need a like a smile. <laughs> when I'm down. When I'm feeling down or depressed, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at it. He's going to put in his office next to his Leaf Garrett poster right. in the 70s. Next to the one with Jordan Boston with a cigar like that. I'm smoking someone else's cigar. Just, I got this collection yeah. going. I'll cite it if you want, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of paradise, you got to go to the, the beach. I did. We missed you last week. Yeah, we did. Yeah, missed you guys for sure. Um, but the kids had to retest. And it was the first year. It was kind of weird because for 23 years I've been going to these things. Every year I go to these things to recertify, retest for chimneys, and I didn't have to do it this year. They all went to the classes and sat through them, and I I surfed my guts out every day, <laughs> sometimes twice a day. Yeah. Wow. So it was it was rad. Very cool. And uh, all the kids passed their tests, which is we were scared about that. That's a blessing. And they all passed their tests, so they're all certified sweeps, state of Oregon, and youngest son. Proposed to his woman, so and she said yes. So yeah, very cool. They're gonna get Ty's getting married. They're they're getting married. Yeah, Ty's getting married. Yeah, congratulations. So, kind of neat, kind of exciting. They're they're great together. Just watch them together. It's like oh yeah, this is pretty cool. They're so yeah. much alike, and they just understand each other in a good way. And they're both kind of eccentric, kind of you know weird. And so they're just like per- perfectly weird together. They don't tune into this, obviously. No, I, like, even if they did, they wouldn't, they wouldn't mind. So. Weirdos. Um, a couple funny. of the kids got up Sunday morning, went to church because they're spiritual. Yeah. And, and uh, I didn't. I sat on the back deck and read my Bible and whatnot. But um, 
they shot uh, t-shirt cannons at this church uh, from the pulpit out into the crowd. And uh, wow, I just realized that's what we're missing. Yeah. Wow. So how, yeah. how big was this church that they had t-shirt cannons? Well, we actually know kind of. Well, I'm just saying, like, if our church, if we tried to do t-shirt oh. cannons, like, there's not a, like, the sanctuary's not that big. Were you guys near? Like, no, it's it's like a warehouse. Like, hobble somebody. They, like, meet in a warehouse, <laughs> so I think you can get, like, a pretty good yeah. launch radius. All right. Is this the Astoria area? No, this was oh. in Newport. Huh. But they came home with shirts on because they got nailed with shirts from the pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, there we go. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. I don't even know why I told you that. Because <laughs> we're, we're talking about our today. subject today is how how far is too far with uh, no I'm just kidding yeah <laughs> what how are we talking about how much today? is too much yeah yeah um, well we're talking about t-shirts right now but uh, yeah the subject matter for today we're going to get into um, prosperity theology and worship lyrics yeah. all right yeah should we get it yeah well, what do you guys want to pray for us no Lord we thank you for this time uh, together we thank you. Uh, just for the opportunity to uh, explore uh, the, the things that, um, that have to do with you, God. And I pray that we would handle it rightly, uh, even if we joke about it or talk about it lightly, um, that, that it would be done in a way that's, <laughs> that's at least accurate. Um, and uh, um, just a blessing to people. I pray that you would open eyes and, and ears where they need to be um, and that we would have a humble spirit in all that we uh, discussed today, and uh, we ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. So we uh, uh, we've been doing kind of several weeks now, just kind of answering some questions, kind of mailbag type stuff. And, and one of the questions came in. Uh, actually, I think you found it. Uh, found a question that uh, you know, should we sing about things no, like no, Chad, God's it, reckless it love? Okay, keep it. Should we sing about things like God's reckless love? And so we're we're kind of picky around here about the worship songs that we sing. And and I don't know if if, if all of our listeners know, like we kind of curate a list of our preferred songs that we would sing. And our our thought is that, um, you know, like we're teaching theology by the songs that we sing in in church. And so that's why we're kind of picky about it. Uh, And we would rather sing about, you know, what God has done for us rather than, you know, what we would do for him, Mm -hmm. right? And so so we, we take this, you know, Pretty, pretty seriously, and so um, you know there have been some kind of modern songs out there that have some lyrics that you know, we might consider questionable uh, at best. Um, some songs that just have you know flat out bad theology, mm-hmm. and so so we pay attention to it. So so what do you guys think about uh, just you know that that specific um, song about God's reckless love? Is that something that we should sing about? Is it is it spelled with a W or an R? An R. R. Okay. Not that it would change it, like, but yeah. His love oh. does wreck us. That's, so that, that, that's why I'm going that Either that way, it would be wrong. Right. No, it's, it's still w. reckless. <clears throat> Even if it was with a W, it's still uh, a weird... Like, why would you say that about God's love? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. Like, his, his, his love has wrecked us. Yes. But, but it, yeah. Yeah. it's not a reckless love. So I will say... It's right. a wrecking love. The first time I heard that song, I was angry. And I wanted to, I wanted to like, go pull the plug and tell everybody to stop. Like, you know, what's wrong with you people? I had one yeah. of those moments. Um we put this one closer to me, Davey. That's why I was just... It's not symmetrical, but I... I was, well, I don't care about some... I just want to make sure... Because I'm always louder than you guys. I've been told I'm louder. too quiet. I talk so, loud. I you talk you quiet. I know you just saw that. So. I, I tried to adjust it last week because I do care about symmetry. 
No, I like, no, no, like there's a reason. Sorry, yeah. anybody on the podcast that can't see what we're talking about. David just looked up at the mics like something yeah. was wrong, and, and they are off. So yeah. sure things are his, in their his, place. His OCD just came yeah, it, it, It's bothered me. And I, I wasn't here for pretty a significantly. Yeah. There's things that change in a week. <laughs> anyway, Reckless Love. I heard it. I was I was really bothered by it. And then I just tried to kind of look at what the heart of the song is about, and it's, it's this idea that God will tear down walls you know look what he's done to get to you look yeah. how much he look how much he loves you as though his love were reckless in that sense of him trying to, to save ball. you yeah he's he's good you know he's he's knocked over everything that he had to including bringing his son you know and allowing him to be crushed for us because you know and so in that sense it's like this crazy love that he has for us yeah and that's what's intended by it um, unfortunately there's nothing about God that's reckless or haphazard sure. or and so it's just a bad <clears throat> That's the weirdest part of it, right? Is the word like um, it kind of like lends itself to the idea of maybe chaos or, yeah, or something right. that um, isn't purposeful. It's maybe bl- like just blind, just like you said, haphazard. And I think that's like the biggest problem with it. It's, yeah, it's nothing yeah. God does is. Um, I don't like songs that I feel like I, every time we sing them, we have to explain. Right, we have to so there's another one that's like it's an Old Testament song of David saying, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right, you know, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Well, in the Old Testament with David, that was that was a real thing. But God's promised that his Holy Spirit is a seal of our redemption now. So for us to sing that song is kind of weird. And then sure. I feel like every time we sing it, we have to explain it, say, okay, look, this was, you know, so it's still about, it's even God's what about, word. What about the Isaiah 53 song? As a, as a lamb before his shears, he was dumb. <laughs> I do remember that. Do you remember that, dude? Some guy one time just went off. Like, I'm not singing. We were singing a song about... It had, um, it had that quote from Isaiah 53 in it. Like, some of the lyrics were yeah. like, dumb, as a sheep is dumb before its shears, or something like that. Yeah. And he just got angry. And he's like, we shouldn't even be singing this. It's like, well, actually, it's like... Yeah, it's just, this, is, <laughs> this, is, this <laughs> describes exactly what happened. <laughs> it was bad. And, we, and once, he, once we showed him that, it was... But that doesn't... That's this, you know, that was still true in the New Testament. When you have an Old Covenant song in, in a New Covenant world, it's a weird song to sing. So there's... The problem is that songs... <clears throat> I think we underestimate the power of a song and, right. and what a song teaches... And I'm surprised, you know, even in, there's things I forget continually and can't remember even stuff that happened a week ago. But song lyrics, even from songs that I knew 30, 40 years ago, I still know those lyrics. Even songs you hated. Songs I hated. Even radio songs that that you couldn't stand and you would never listen to. You'll wake up in the morning sometimes and you cannot get your mind. Skyrockets in flight. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) no, I don't want that in my head ever. (laughs) <laughs> that song was I can't use the, the word there was a song in the 80s that would describe that yeah. song perfectly but mm. it was lame mm. and I don't want those songs but I can still remember those lines right they yeah. stick with us and so songs you know that's why it's so important that we sing songs that are going to teach good theology truth about God and not weird stuff right um, there's another one that's um, and again I like the song and I can't remember what it's what a beautiful name I think is the name of the song uh-huh. and it, it he doesn't want heaven without yeah, us God couldn't, I, I got that know, written oh, down right yeah. okay. yeah. I, I was going to ask about that yeah. why well, not have the lyric it's just that line that says that he didn't want heaven without us yeah. which implies it? it's uh, called what a beautiful name it is um, it's kind of a neat song and I like it yeah. but it basically it says line. yeah God you know, he didn't want heaven without us so, so he came you know, and so it's he like, brought heaven to earth, is what it yeah. the line says. And, and again, if oh, you okay, understand, okay, I know. And the idea is that like heaven was lacking. You know, I mean, that's the way that you can interpret. I don't know if that was or the that God was lacking, or that God was lacking. Even worse. Yeah. And again, if you understand the felicity of God, which is one of his characteristics, felicity, wow. it is. It's it's that he's he's happy within himself. Yeah. There's, the, you, there's a trinitarian relationship that's always been. He's never lacked anything. He's not lonely. He's not. 
you know, this is it's just a silly way to picture God. It's not accurate. Yeah. And, and I don't like to sing things that aren't accurate about God. God right. is awesome just the way he is, and he's not lacking one thing right. at all. So, like, could he have done without us? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Easily. But... The fact that he didn't is amazing. Something we should right. sing about, but it's not a it's not an accurate lyric. Right. Yeah. The other one that I wrote down is the, the song that has the line about the sloppy wet kiss. Right. The, oh, that's just like, right. like sometimes right. in our in our effort to be you, you mean know, God doesn't poetic. Can't find that in the Bible. And heaven meets earth <laughs> like a sloppy wet kiss. But then they changed it to like an unforeseen kiss because yeah. people were up in arms over the sloppy wet kiss thing. Right. But even the unforeseen kiss, like like I think the effort of the part of the author was probably to try to be poetic, right, and try to try to paint a picture. But like that's just a weird lyric to say. It is, and I, there's a part of me that just you have to understand that a lot of these people that are in contemporary Christian music that are writing these songs. Um, you wouldn't let them teach Sunday school class in your church. You wouldn't let them lead a home group. Uh-huh. You definitely wouldn't let them preach from your pulpit. And yet we turn on the radio and let let them influence our, you know, our lives through their music. And, right. and, and it's just like a lot of the theology is terrible. And so I'm not a huge fan of, of CCM. Um, Agreed. I, I like a lot of the, the worship music that come, has come out. Uh, I actually just watched this weird, uh, not weird, it was kind of a cool documentary. I think uh, Brandon and, and then Thomas both recommended it to us, two of our faithful listeners. <laughs> Shout out. Uh-huh. It's called Jesus Music, and it was on Hulu. And it kind of goes oh, through I the... Saw that. I mean, I, I didn't see yeah, it, it's kind of scrolled cool. by it. Yeah. Like, what the heck it's a that? lot of like Michael W. Smith, Amy <clears throat> okay. Grant kind of stuff, but it kind of goes through and tells the story of when CCM started to get really big, and, and there was just a lot of stuff coming out on the radio. And then at some point they, they realized that there was just a money-making machine. They, they kind of lost sight of what was important. Right. And that's when Michael W. Smith came out with that album, um, uh, I'm Coming Back to a Heart of Worship, and it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry for the yeah. thing that we've made it. That was a response yeah. to all that was going on. Oh, no. And that's where the worship kind of um, uh, the kind of music started to explode on the scene, where all of a sudden now you've got bands like Delirious and Matt Redman and Chris Tomlin that started to sing. Wor- they were singing worship music, yeah. and it wasn't just the, t- the normal CCM kind of stuff. And they were making a ton of money. They still made money, right? But not <laughs> a, lot of, I mean, a lot of it. A lot of it they didn't because churches just started singing yeah, these, yeah, these sure. songs, and they weren't. They might have got a little royalty, right, right, there, right. you know. But it was it was. So kind that was of, like in the nineties. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind of an interesting documentary. I enjoyed it. Um, it goes into a lot of different stuff, yeah. but you know, if you're a nerd like documentaries, you'll yeah. enjoy it. Nineties was a weird decade for Christian music, like where it really became. Not, I mean, kind of secularized, but definitely more corporate. Like there was, yeah. there was some money changing right. hands, and yeah, well, it became kind of sort of mainstream, not totally it, mainstream, but sure. but more mainstream. Than it was actually had. like the best decade we had to go to a Christian music <laughs> store and listen to Christian music. Yeah. Not for the lyrics. No, no, not for right. the lyrics, but for the quality of the music. style, yeah. genre, whatever. Yeah, like right. there's a lot of stuff out there. That well, was actually like, oh, okay, I can tolerate this. There was a big label called Tooth and Nail that, yeah. you know, um, signed all these bands mm-hmm. that nobody else would sign. Brandon and, Ebel. Yeah, yeah and, and a lot of the bands I really loved. But, mm-hmm. I mean, again, would I sing their songs in church or right. what I want? What well, I in all fairness, Tooth and Nail didn't claim to be a no a Christian label. Yeah. But well, a lot they, of the bands, he was a Christian that did look for Christian bands. Well, and but, a lot of the bands did Yeah, did try to, you know claim that and, and again it's just a, you know lyrically it was a mess yeah. but musically it was I still listen to some of those bands oh, yeah, sure. right. but not for the reason that I'm trying to learn yeah. theology from them right. so. yeah. yeah yeah so 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 what do we do just in general with you know those kinds of songs that have you know questionable lyrics or even you know like if problematic I think we just say you know, like don't do those but what about you know songs that just but, but have questionable lyrics what, what do we do about those do we keep those in our repertoire, or do we, yeah. or do we throw them out? This is where I think it 
it gets weird. Like it's kind of more um, between us and God what we do with these things. You know what I mean? I mean, even with secular music, if you think about it, sure. like I enjoy a ton. I, I listen to mostly secular music. Right. And it's, again, it's, it's not because of the lyrics, but like we we all have different thresholds as far as even how you know lyrics and things like that affect us. I do believe that they can get under our heads, like the sure. point you already made. No matter who we are, but. But I think we all have different thrusts. It's, it's almost like the same question with like fallen leaders, right? That have written books. Like when one of them falls, do we get all their books out of our library? Right. You know, I think there's a time and a place for some of these things. I sure. Mean, you know, there well, may I think be individually a, we can make those decisions. Individually, what about like pastorally oh, as, as we're leading okay. our churches? You know, what do we what do we yeah. do with those kind of things? You put them in. You, you separate them into different categories of lists. Yeah. <laughs> you your great songs, your good songs, and your okay songs. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we've done. There's yeah. there's um there's songs that mean a lot to people in the church. You know, there's a song, a good a famous hymn called "The Old Rugged Cross." That I I don't like it. I don't. It, it just seems weird to sing about the instrument of death. Um, you know, I will forever be true yeah. to the old rugged cross. It's just always bugged me to sing it. I know what it represents, and it shouldn't probably bother me as much as it does, but it just kind of sticks in my Makes me smile. Let it bother me. <laughs> so it's so a song I'd rather not sing. Right. But I, I know Christians that love that song, yeah. and they worship God when they sing it, and they, you know, and I'm just tripping up on a little, it's, sure. it's you know. So it, at some point, you just have to realize there's a lot of people that are truly worshiping God with these things, and, and there's there's room for it. Um, but I just think we, we should be careful and, and understand that when we're singing congregationally, we're teaching theology. We're you know we're we're singing truths about God that you know matters. So. Yeah. So that's where I feel like we need to be really careful as pastors and leaders. Is I like there's a fine line between our our personal preferences. Yeah. And and things that are actually okay. And I, I feel like there's times maybe we've crossed over or I've crossed over the line where I just didn't like a song, um, or <laughs> or it was like a little nuance of a song yeah. that kind of bothered me. But it doesn't mean that, like, it's a threat to everybody else. And so I, we have to be, like, gracious and careful. Sure. And we've, we've been learning that over the years yeah, kind of the hard way. But yeah. the one song that I think just reminds me, and this is, again, maybe, well, offensive. I'll offend somebody, but I'm not trying to. But I just cannot stand this song. It's one of the, to me, it's one of the cheesiest, most embarrassing Christian songs that I've ever heard. And it's that, you came from heaven to earth to show yeah. the way. There's hand motions From the earth everything. to the cross, my debt to pay. You know, it's just very... Um, and uh, Lord, we, we had mixed that, on. yeah. Lord, I lift your name on high. And I, and somebody in one of the guys in Lapine uh, when we were outside in the park, you, you guys were there that day. I wasn't, but picked that song and sang it, and people just, you know, went crazy. Went they crazy. Loved, it, loved yeah. that song. Yeah. Sang it louder than all the other songs that we've, you know. Yeah. And again, at some point, you have to realize you're just looking around, going, "What's wrong with you people?" <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, they're the ones worshiping, and you're not. What's wrong no, with you people? No, they're they're singing the song That's with awesome. all their heart to the Lord. And, and meaning it and having it, you know, and the Lord's pleased by yep. it. And just because I'm on her going, well, that's a dumb song. Yep. doesn't make it a dumb song. Yep. It makes it a, a song that uh, the Lord was pleased to have sung that yep. day and sure. people worshiped him yep. with that day. And, and that's where we needed to set our own preferences aside. So even yeah. in worship music, yep. even in the corporate congregation when we come together to sing, we can fall into the trap of getting caught up in our preferences. Right. Yeah. And that's where we have to be careful. That's kind of one of the things I've kind of been working on on myself. Yep. Is there songs I'd rather not hear? But if people if people are worshiping God, like yeah, I, I really can't argue I can't argue with it unless we come back to the lyric thing. This yeah. is this is kind of where where the line should be drawn. Right. Well, and I think we we've, we've talked about this in the past, but um, you mentioned it already. Songs that sing about um, what we're going to do and how we feel. 
we don't think are great congregational songs. That might be a right. great personal worship song, but when you gather it on a Sunday morning and you start talking about how, how much, how in love I am with God and, and how I'm devoted to him with all my heart and how I'm going to serve him with all my being, um, most of us aren't there on any given Sunday. Or yeah. you're all I want. You're all I want. You're all I, I yeah. desire. And, yeah. and those are things that are only true for some people on a Sunday. Right. And so it's not, and I think that's a good thing you're clarifying. Yeah. Because, uh, some people are like, well, the Psalms do this. Like David wrote yeah. Psalm after Psalm of his expressions of how he felt toward the Lord and feeling worshipful. Well, yeah, that's real. There's a time and a place for that. Corporately, though, yeah. we're not all in the same place where we right. come together. Well, so, well, David also wrote Psalms like, where are you, God? Why have you abandoned me? Let's sing <laughs> you know, some of those <laughs> together. <laughs> well, I think, at the, you know, hopefully as we, as we are there on a Sunday morning, we get to the place where maybe we could sing those things in earnest at some point. You know, I mean, I would, I would like to think that that's, but maybe don't start yeah. there. Maybe we start with something where, you know, there's songs that just literally talk about this is who God is. This is what he's right. done for sinners. Mm-hmm. Unchanging Th- truth. Things that are just true no matter what you're feeling that day. Although yeah. I've seen you rage once while singing oh. a really good theological song. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> What's that story? Dude, oh. it, dude. We were camping, and this this little kid like wouldn't stop messing with the fire or something. Like he'd been warned over and over again. Oh, we were sitting around story, the yeah. fire, like singing like worship songs. Someone had a guitar out, and we're singing hymns. We were singing a hymn. Like I don't even know what hymn it was, but it was a, you do. <laughs> we always say bringing in the sheets, but I don't no, think no, that no, was it wasn't. It. But it was, but it was like it was like a solid. Yeah, and Brent finally just gets up out of frustration <laughs> with this kid, and he's singing the song. He never misses a beat or a word. Singing the song, walks over and grabs this thing, and he's just angry as can be while he's singing this. It was the marshmallows. So we were we were waiting till after we sung and, and did the thing in the word before we roasted the marshmallows. And these kids, this one kid, just kept putting a marshmallow on a stick and putting it in the fire. And we said, "Hey, we're waiting on Aren't it. You we're singing to put marshmallows in the fire, <laughs> not while we're singing hymns, not while we're worshiping the Lord." That's awesome. And the parents weren't doing anything about it. And <laughs> At some point, the marshmallow got on fire, and, and he's moving it around in the crowd. And so now it's dangerous, even. And now I, it's a meteorite. I lost my my uh, salvation for a minute. You did, really. but, you, but you didn't mess uh, a word. I kept singing the song as I hand. grabbed the stick out of his yeah. hand, stomped the marshmallow into That's the dirt uh, with hate in my heart, and walk back to your chair, <laughs> and walk back, and just yeah. picked up where I left. Yes. Wow. It was it was not my best moment. That was pre Pastor Brent. I thought it was one of your best yeah. moments. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I thought it was right. It was terrible. It was awesome. Anyway, I'm sorry. what about before we move on to the next topic? What what about what do we do with uh, with songs that because uh, you'd alluded to like you know books and, and sermons of you know pastors that have sure. you know fallen or failed or whatever? You know, what do we do? With, what do we do? What do we do with songs that come out of you know maybe questionable ministries? Songs even that might even be solid lyrically have solid theology, but mm-hmm. come from um, you know artists or ministries that we wouldn't necessarily affirm as a whole. So we thought we had an answer to this, and then someone threw us a curveball and kind of peeled back another layer that we had yeah. not, not considered. Because this, you know, in recent years, has become a big thing. You know, there's some organizations out there putting out a lot of music right now. Some yeah. of the church's most popular music, and um, and it's like, well, even if like some of the theology of the church they're in is bad, let's go ahead and, and grade it on a song-by-song basis, sure. right? Like, doesn't mean that every song they write is bad. And um, and then someone brought it to our attention that you're having to buy those songs if you're singing them. Like, you're, you're paying something. Right, and, right. we pay a license fee. And you're for the paying, songs. ultimately, that that erroneous, erroneously theological organization. 
is where your money's going. I mean, it's yep. a small royalty at the end of the it's day. It's a small it royalty is, at the end of the day. Still something going but right. it was it was something that we had not really yes, considered, and it kind of changed things a little bit. Yeah. So I have no idea now where I stand. <laughs> well, the hard, the hard part is is simply. Um, so Hillsong is, a, is one of those you know churches right now. There's actually another documentary that talks about how corrupt Hillsong has become. They didn't necessarily now theologically we probably would have never agreed with them sure. completely, but yeah. they didn't start that way. No. So a lot They're of music, a lot of the music that's come out of Hillsong over the years has been stuff that the church sure. is singing yeah. you know, worldwide, singing and, sure. and uh, worship God to, and they're they're good songs, um, you know. But again, now that they they've kind of got off the deep end. Right. Do you just scrap the whole catalog and say we'll never sing another Hillsong song again, or you've got somebody right. like Chris Tomlin who um, you know, has written a lot of songs that we sing. Well, then he partnered up for a while with Bethel, which we're not big Bethel fans. Um, their theology is problematic. Are, are we fans of? Are we small Bethel fans? Well, we're, small Bethel no, fans. We'll, we'll probably, be gracious. We'll probably get. We don't like Bethel. Yeah, we'll, we might get into that here in a minute. We'll get into so. that in a minute. Um, but again, so now do you just say, well, Chris Tomlin did a concert, you know, with them, or did something? You know, do we just now is he just dead yeah. to us? Uh, at some point. How far down this rabbit hole do you go? Right. Uh, There's people that go far down that rabbit hole. um, It is well with my soul. You know, that guy wrote that song. It's a song we sing. Well, later in life, you know, his theology got kind of messed up. Right. Um, Do we just say, well, we can't sing that song because he doesn't agree with us on, you know. Well, even going back to books, you can have a publisher that puts out something really good, so you buy it. Yeah. But he's also at the same time putting out garbage over here. and. By buying that book, are you supporting? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. again, yeah. Where does hymns, it stop? A lot of the hymns they actually took bar songs, and they, yeah. they took the, the the music that was famous in bar songs, yeah. and they and they wrote Christian hymns to them. So you're singing bar songs. Yeah. That was controversial in their day. Yeah. And how far? You know, again, you can you can always find a reason to burn the. Well, whole after thing like down. three centuries, like things become sanctified. But I mean, it, it, it's it, at some point, if you're the kind of Christian that is constantly trying to find a way to burn everything to the ground. And, and it's, it, it, yeah. you know, at some point, just some of these things can be redeemed by God. Yeah. We don't want to associate ourselves with somebody that's just right. terrible. Like, you know, I mean, I think Bethel's a great example. That's, somebody, that's yeah. a church we don't want to align ourselves with. Right. So are we going to just sing a lot of their songs? No. But is there a song that might be slightly affiliated with them over the years through an artist, you know, separate? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think we can go too crazy with that stuff. We can. And, and get yeah. to the point where we won't be able to sing anything. Right. Right. The other side of that is like I don't I don't think we have a, a shortage of great songs, you know, just that have been written throughout history, you know, modern or you know, yeah, it's older, not like we're songs. desperate for a catalog, right? right. Yeah, right. but it has been challenging. I, I mean, just between when you, when you're doing volunteers, um, that that's who's leading your music, and and certain volunteers can sing some of the, the songs that we want sung, and certain volunteers aren't able to. You know, maybe there's just a difficulty in they're not familiar with them or they're difficult to sing or whatever and we've just learned we have to kind of really you know loosen our grip on this a little bit and, yeah. and work with what the lord has brought our way and be happy with that yeah and, and i'm really thrilled with you know once we kind of relaxed a little bit on that it's been kind of neat to see the progression and what god's doing for sure and it is you know it's a work in progress it always yeah. will be but um i'm really happy with what we're doing here and and especially when you hear the congregation singing songs, you know, you go to some churches, we just talked to somebody recently that went to a church and the music was so loud, you couldn't even hear the congregation, you couldn't even hear yourself. And and I just love, you know, on Sunday, I heard the congregation singing yeah. and um, worship songs to God. And that's, at the end of the day, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Are short cannons good or bad in the church? <laughs> short cannons? Short cannons. You know, I, I think we gave out coffee cups one time. We didn't throw them at people. That would have been, you know. That'd be messed up. <laughs> Shoot them into the ground. I don't know. It seems strange. but it's not, It seems like something you see at a, at a football game or something or a school right. assembly. 
more than in a church. But yeah, I agree with that. But I bet people would be happy if they got a shirt on a Sunday morning. Shout out of a cannon to them too. So yeah. <laughs> it, it might get people in the door. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. All right, Chad, yeah, move on. All right. <laughs> next, next topic. Uh, next since, topic. Since we thoroughly exhausted the first one. <laughs> now, there, there's a, probably a lot more that could be said, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's the theology of songs that matter the most theology to matters. us. Yep. Um, you know, it's definitely a rabbit hole, as we talked about, trying to figure out who's connected to what song and, and what artist is connected to you know, whatever, but it's, it's the theology of songs that matter uh, at the end of the day. Yep. Uh, next topic, uh, prosperity theology. Yeah, we so, never talk about this. No. <laughs> um, what is prosperity theology? How, how, would, how would you guys define prosperity theology? You want me to go? Yeah, go. Um, you know, it's, it's something that I think is, uh, the, there, there's a blatant form of it, and then there's a very subtle form of it. And, and that's the subtle form is probably what scares me more. I think the blatant form of it we all kind of recognize is sure. these televangelist kind of people that are saying, you know, if you pick up your phone right now and send in $1,000, you know, you, you, you get these promised blessings and stuff. And it right. kind of makes everybody sick, that kind of thing, word faith stuff. And, and um, But there's this idea that, that has crept into the church that I think uh, we've all bought into to some degree, whether we realize it or not, that... It just kind of promises that if if you um, are faithful and, and a good Christian, that God is obligated to somehow sure. bring great blessing into your life, regardless of what that might be. Maybe right. it's good health. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's if you do for God. Uh, God will do for you. Yeah, and it, and it's probably something that I think more than more Christians than we realize have really uh, bought, and that's their expectation. And so they've they've ultimately come to God. Um, not because they want God, but because they want God's right. stuff. He's a genie in a bottle, and, and it's kind of it's kind of sickening when you when you frame it that way. Um, so is, it, yeah. is any is any of it could any of it be derived scripturally? Like to prosperity, people like derive that idea scripturally, or is it just like a form of gospel that they want to have? And like I know it's a weird question, but like here, this is the text I'm preaching out of this week. Okay. Okay. This is, out of, this is out of Matthew 4. He went throughout all of Galilee, that's Jesus, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease, every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they all brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. And so like you, I guess my point is like you can you can find like Jesus doing these things. Right. And I mean, yeah, you, like you have to be a pretty like immature like Bible student, I think. to But but like you can go in and be like, this is the good news. Like sure. he, he came and he healed all the, and, the, and then those people were bringing people they knew and he healed all of them and that's how his fame spread and this is why it's good news and this is why... And so, like, I, like you and I, of course, know the rest of the story. <laughs> that that this is a kingdom statement. This is an authoritative statement about who he is and what he's doing spiritually, right? But but there's people that can lock on, you know, to passages like this and be like, "Why shouldn't I believe this right. about Jesus?" It's just the way it is all the time. Is what... Yeah, I think that there's a truth that that Jesus said that he came to give us abundant life, um, and, and that's a real promise that Christians can hold on to. Now, I think somehow we've taken that to mean a life of, abund- of abundance, and, and that's where we, I think we go yeah, We self-interpret it. But yeah, the idea right. that, that we're going to have things that like joy 
in all circumstances, peace, no matter what's going on in the world. I mean, that's what abundant life is, you know, provision. God is going to provide for his kids. He's going to take care of it. Those are real things for us to hold on to. And I don't think that that's, but even, you know. Well, the abundant life really goes beyond circumstances, right? right. I mean, when when you really start to listen to what Christ is saying there, or what the Bible says, you come to the conclusion abundant life is that it's not circumstantial. It's that even, even no matter what our circumstances are, there's stuff that can't be stolen from you. Well, there's stuff because, that cannot be taken away from you. That's because we have Christ, and that's the that's the difference. We have something that can't be taken. We have Him, yeah. and He is the you know He is the best thing. Yeah. It's when we start to say no, no I, I you know I want Him so that I can have all these yeah, things. Yeah. That's where it gets that, that that's yeah. really idolatry. Okay. Right. Uh, totally and it, I mean, God would call that a sin. Yeah. And that's that's what I that, I don't think people see it that way. No. But but if all you want are all these things. Agreed. You don't want God. You just—that's right. idolatry. That's I, compl- I completely yeah. agree. But I—I I, just—I can see like there sure. there are statements and places you can look in Scripture if if you're really only zooming in on certain sure. areas of Scripture and not taking everything in context together, where you where you could probably have a clean conscience and go, this is what. Well, and I would like. even say those things are, they're still true. It's just, it's just, you're talking about two different kingdoms right. as well. Right. So there's a kingdom that's coming where all of those things are going to be realized. Right. Well, that's actually part of and, and, uh, why yeah, he was doing it absolutely. here. Because he's showing the kingdom of God is at hand. The yes. kingdom of God has come upon you because the one who is the king mm-hmm. is exercising his, his authority right. and dominion well, over the things that are. Chapter 5, yeah, we're right. going to move into the Beatitudes next, yeah. where again you have these proclamations of what, yeah. what God's kingdom is like, and, yeah. and this is what this is true. Yeah. So uh, the Christian does have reason to look forward to these these same things that the prosperity sure. teachers are promising here and now. Sure. But they're promising like this idea of your best life now. Right. And and what I think Whereas, the Bible is talking about is, it's a preview. is, is something that's <laughs> coming, our blessed hope that's coming later. So this is not the kingdom that we're investing right. in. This is not the, the you know. Well, main, again, all these people were healed, but like the question would be like, what percentage of these people that were healed that day or, or at this period of time like ended up dying and it's like 100 percent so yeah. so like it, there, there wasn't an ultimate fix like these people still died of something right yeah and so what is this this isn't this isn't the end goal you know what i mean this is just this is a physical picture of a spiritual need sure. like, a, like a spiritual physician and and of course we'll go into that but we we knew a dude once that's he leans prosperity we love this guy and he like hermeneutics matter like the way that we like interpret right. our bible like it's not self-interpretive like it, it needs to interpret itself and we need to collect all the information to come to proper interpretations but i remember him right. pulling out that one verse you know by his stripes you were healed and that was like his his joker that he threw down on the table for like you know health and wealth yeah and it's like yeah that's it's clearly like spiritual like, like yep. he suffered and was flogged and 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 nailed to a cross to heal us spiritually, yep. you know, not physically. Well, and the arrogance that yep. comes out of these teachers that are, they're, they're basically setting themselves up as the poster children for the, the perfect Christian that God will bless. Be like me, and you'll have all the stuff I have is kind of what, it, and it's kind of sickening, because if you look at the, our heroes in the Bible, um, the guys that we really admire, I think of Joseph. It's not pretty. And, and I look right. at his life, and it's like, that was messed up. Right. But Joseph had God. I mean, it's like that guy's life was amazing yeah. in regards to his relationship with God. You look at Paul, you look at John the Baptist, and we can just go down the line. You look at Job. Job, right. you know, and, and at some point you just have to recognize that um, the biggest thing they, they had going for him was a relationship with God, and yeah. that was everything. The, the biggest thing they had, yeah, going for him is what comes next. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. what comes now. Right. Well, do you look at, you know, even just, you know, Jesus' disciples, like the way those, like those guys all died as martyrs, you know, for their faith. You know, they, they weren't living their best life now. You know, yep. they were, in some respects, living a hard life now. 
Well, and they counted that as a, they counted that as a privilege to live right. that way. Right. Um, that was that was the, the real life, you know. Yeah. To be able to suffer alongside, you know, to suffer yeah. for our faith, to to you know, align with Christ in some weird way like right. that. Paul talks about you know to, to live as Christ and to die as gain. The way that I've always took that statement is like it would be better for me to die exactly. to be with Christ, so that, so this hard life is over. Exactly. Yep. But to continue on in the difficulty of you know daily life, like it means that I get to tell people about Christ. Yeah, you're sharing in the sufferings in yeah. the sense of Christ, right? By by continuing on in this life, right? Yeah. So so you made a comment about kind of more of the subtle uh, you know kind of theology, uh, prosperity theology, and, and one question that I had is like, are, are there differences between even subtle prosperity theology and like like Pentecostal and charismatic theology. Like there seems like there's maybe a blurry line there uh, in all of that stuff. Uh, there are certainly you know things that are you know overtly Pentecostal that we probably wouldn't affirm. Um, uh, overtly uh, you know prosperity that we wouldn't affirm. But but what about that blurry line uh, between the two? Well, I do think this is this is why it's so important that we that we do preach. Um, and expose like prosperity theology as preachers um, as much as we can or as much as it's warranted depending on where we're at in the text just because it's because it's been so so co-mingled for so long um, with just your your run-of-the-mill evangelical he may not even know that he's buying into a prosperity theology but it's fully built into his framework or his packaging of what the gospel is right and so the, the, I grew up with that. So, so what you're talking so about. So it's innocent, right? Um, and yet it's wrong still. And so, like, it, it needs to be exposed. There, there needs to be, you know, some instruction given on on being able to par- parse that out and realize the diff- like, yeah. what what goes into the go- gospel drawer, and what needs to come out of the gospel drawer. Right. <laughs> right. And that's our our job to do that. So, and so how, you, how would you help bring clarity to that? Uh, well, like I said, I, I think we I think we need to give it attention. I think we need to preach on it as much as possible because it's it's just so ingrained. So um, I think the Bible actually clarifies it if we're doing proper exposition. Sure. <laughs> and so all we have to do is like is like translate that you know faithfully. I um, think sh- yeah, shining a little bit of a light on it though is, is something that it helps because I don't yeah. think people even recognize it. You'll hear it in people's prayers so often. Yeah. Uh, somebody's sick and the prayer is um, Lord heal them, not Lord what you know, what's your will in this? And, and do you have a purpose in this that we don't understand? And so we're not really praying like Jesus did, you know, not, not my will, but your yeah. will be yeah. done. We're, we're almost demanding that God, you know, we expect this right. from you because you owe us this. There's that mindset that we just have that God is obligated to bless us in the way we think yeah. he should bless right. us. You know, God is blessing us. I mean, that's true. Um, and he's working all things together for good. We realize that, but we don't always, you know, you just hear people's prayers. You see it even in the way that people are viewing what's going on in our country right now. Um, that unless our person's in office and, and the laws are being passed that yep. we want passed, then God's not blessing us and that we're not winning. Right. And it's like, that's just not true at all. I mean, you look at what, what was going on in the time that Jesus lived in the Roman Empire. I mean, it was a gnarly, God was winning for sure, but none yeah. of that other stuff was happening. Yeah. And so just the way we define success yeah. or, you know, the way sure. things should be, it, it's strange. It's yeah. def- definitely a different subject, but you can, you can basically know a lot about someone's theology by just hearing them pray like, yeah like sure. you're saying and so like when i was when i was doing the young adult group um we would have an open prayer time just like we do on sundays where we go around and praises and prayers mostly prayers um, and i got to a point where when someone would ask for a prayer like have a prayer request for somebody that needed healed or was sick or was in a bad spot or or whatever before we prayed i would look at them and say what should our prayer look like for this because it would just be this yeah. general, like, pray for so-and-so, they're sick. So the implication is like, oh, 
healed him, right? Yeah. Well, there, there's other prayers to be had. Like, there's other things to be asking for, <laughs> right? And our theology informs us of that. And so I started asking the kids, like, they would come up with a prayer request. How do you think we should pray for this person? And it made them stop and, like, start to consider the different theological options. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That it's not always this mm-hmm. one. But we've been trained. I think it's natural. Sure. But I also think it's something that's been coming out of our pulpits for yeah. a couple hundred years, sure. too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just uh, our, our default is to think that it, it looks like this. This is what God automatically wants every time. And it's yeah. like, no. Well, and I think it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's totally fine for us to want that, too. I mean, There's nothing wrong with us to express the desire of our hearts. We would money. really love to see you. We believe you could heal this person. We, and we, yep. you know, we would love we to see that. You can. But we also recognize that there are times, you know, even the, the man born blind. I mean, there's times when... God is glorified in these circumstances, even though yeah. this person's blind, and that's not going to change. Well, what I noticed after I started asking this is a lot of these kids started realizing that, that there's a spiritual component to all of this, whether it's that person who's sick is not in a good spot with the Lord or doesn't know the Lord, or just that their their faith needs to be strengthened in the Lord, um, regardless of their circumstance. They started speak, like taking it from, from purely physical right. to spiritual. And, and like to me, that was the money. It's like that's exactly what we need to be. We need to be thinking right. at this level rather than always at this level. Not that it's wrong to ask for things right. at sure. this level, but this level's better, like yeah. because this one goes on. Yeah. You know. Well, we just had a situation in our community of this young man that died. This Christian uh, kid named Ben that I've yep. never met, but I mean, it sounds like this kid was the real deal. Yep. Uh, a kid that loved Jesus and was serving the kingdom and was you know, and he's gone. Yep. And, and what does that do to your theology? Um, did, was God just not on His throne that day? Did He did He just you know couldn't do anything about this? And what's going to happen from from here? You know, I've already seen some really amazing things. Yep. Uh, it would be great if this kid was alive. I mean, it just would. Um, but I've already start you start to see the amazing things that God's already doing, right. um, getting people's attention that needed their attention gotten. Um, the media reporting these stories, in, even the response of, yeah. of mom and dad, right, and the statements that, that. Have, like some of what's come out of their mouth, you you know that non-believers have to be reading this statement from these parents that just lost their kid, mm-hmm. and go like, how can somebody think this way? Right? Yeah. Like how can somebody have this kind of outlook? That's all up here stuff. Yeah. Like this is the spiritual stuff we're talking about that yeah. that God can take and, and do infinitely more than what maybe. Absolutely. He otherwise right. would have. Yeah. So, and it's still heartbreaking. And, it's you know, totally absolutely. heartbreaking. Um, but God's going to use this yeah, and use this young man's life. Still is using, still it. Is using yeah. it, and, and in ways that we'll never even you know, right. even imagine. I mean, it was funny because even you know, I got a call from somebody who uh, has a has a son and who's friends with my son, and he's already hoping that, that this yeah. could be something that jars them and, For sure. and causes them to maybe um, come back. And yeah. you know, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to work out, but well, and the good news is even if we don't see like the full effects or all the ways or the ways yeah. that that God brought something good out of it, our theology still tells us that he absolutely, absolutely. is. Like yeah. even if we can't identify it and put our finger on it. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. The other day I was talking to a guy at our church who's just going through it with a, with a physical ailment and uh, he just asked, how can, I, how can I pray for you? And he said, well, obviously you can pray that you know the physical thing would get fixed. But he's like, also just pray that I don't miss what God might have for me in this. There's the spiritual just, I appreciated that. Yep. Like, and he's like really going through it in, in a hard way, mm-hmm. but was still cognizant that like like maybe God has brought this thing about you know for a, another purpose. Uh, and, and we ought to be thinking that way. And it was an encouraging thing to hear somebody you know think that way. Well, and that testimony of what, that you see Christ in that person. Yeah. It just amplifies their testimony in this way, like, who prays that way? Who right. asks? 
And, and I think of Paul, even all, all that he went through. Right. And, you know, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be poor. I can be naked. I can be hungry. I can be cold. I can, I can go wow. through all these things yeah. because I have Christ. And it becomes evident that, like, this doesn't make sense for right. this guy to go through these things and be content right. apart from Jesus. Well, right. Peter tells us, like, again, like, that's our greatest testimony, right? First Peter chapter 3, the famous, like, um, you know, be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. When they ask, he's not just talking about, like, you living rad. Right. Right. He's talking about these people going through the fire of, like, persecution in life. And, and the bystanders are going, like... How are you walking through this right. like that? So it, it, it's a it's at a suffering level yeah. when we when we suffer well that that people sit up and take notice and they go like all right all right what's up yep. you know so yeah and all that is part of God glorifying Himself in the biggest ways yeah, absolutely and and it uh, it is impactful yeah you know and so we need to be praying for that Lord yeah. you know I would love to not go through this hard thing. And yet, may your name be glorified. May your son be glorified. Yep. May you use this right. to bring others to you. I mean, that's a, that changes everything. Well, so, that was Jesus' prayer in the garden. Like, so, yeah. if there's any way for this cup to pass, like, yeah. tell, tell me yeah. now. So but, he prays here. Right. But, but like, nevertheless, he yeah, knows so that knows this one is the one that's the greatest. Yeah. 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 Um, so, like, what's the, we're, we're talking about, like, where God absolutely shines through and is made big in, um, like, a, a suffering theology, I would say, like a contra, like prosperity theology. Where, where, where do people think that agree with the prosperity theology, or you know, implement a prosperity theology that God is glorified in that to a non-believer, or are they even thinking that way? Like, like, do you guys understand yeah, what I'm saying? I'm not following your yeah, question. Yeah, I think I think what <laughs> what we see is that they have this assumption that when when people see that you're driving a Mercedes and wearing an expensive suit you and you don't, you know, your your health is good, right? That that's the reason to come to God. So that's the carrot. So so that's the carrot. Is, yeah. is yeah. the, okay. the prosperity. Is yeah. the, that's that's yeah. all I'm okay. saying. That's we're all, yeah. we're like, yeah. it, God's actually flipped it upside down in reality. Right. Where people coming through like the pretty problem, gnarly. The problem yeah. with that is that most people don't ever have those things. Correct. So they buy right. into this system that if I do X, Y, and Z, I'll get this. Right. Right. They never get the carrot. Uh, and they never get that. And then they're, they're told, oh, the reason is... Because there's sin in your life, or because you lack faith, or because uh-huh. you just God right. doesn't like you very much, or whatever, and that's that'll wreck a person. Whereas the gospel says, no, God has given you an inheritance. He's given you everything. He chose you before the foundation of the right. world to be an adopted, you know, adopted as His children. Right. That's well. This is the man born you know, blind, right? When yeah. they go to his parents and they're like, "Who's sin? Like, like him or you guys? You know what I mean?" Yeah. And it, it's clear, like, none of them, like this isn't about their sin at all. Right. Like, God did this so that that He wouldn't be made big among you, like yeah. right now. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I, I don't know if I should say this, but when, when I was down with COVID, just because of the throes of it, it, you know, just thinking like, "Am I going to die?" But I, I had a thought. Like, I have, I have a couple close friends that are, you know, definitely prospering leading. I thought I should call those guys and ask them to pray for me. <laughs> like, like. Just kind of grasping at straws, like what if there's something to it, you know? Like, like those are the guys that are like the guys that have this big faith that. Okay, lift know. up my shirt. <laughs> you know what? Though? I'll, I'll be. I'll be. There's there's something, there's something awesome. to that as well. There are times when there there are people that just have a measure of faith. Yeah. And, and when they pray, it seems like God does. Sure. Things. I mean, God's God sometimes does things that blows our minds. Yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah, he's so he's outside just of not, our. He's just not obligated. He's not beholden to us to do those right. things. So we can't, there's never a point where we can put his arm behind his back right. and make him do, you know, bow to our will. That's just silliness. So, so much of our praying, and I've said this time, time, time again, but so much of our praying is, is giving God our suggestion, listen, how to do his job better. 
Yeah. Right. We, we pray like that a lot, um, as if we know that the guy that controls everything in the universe is as if we know what he can do better, yeah. right? And it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it in those terms. And so it yeah. ought to inform the way that we pray, knowing that God is sovereign, we're not. He's infinite, we're not. Mm-hmm. He sees everything and knows everything, we don't. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can swing from a polar opposite of prosperity theology over to this this kind of a warm, almost a defeatist theology. Yeah. Like, well, I'm probably going to die. Poverty probably Jonathan gonna... Edwards. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, just... <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you have to live almost a, a monastic life, you know, with no fun things. And it, it, you can almost swing too far the other way. Like, God's never going to do anything good. So yeah. that's what I was going to say is, like, there, there's extreme, like, wherever there's a, you know, one thing, there's always the polar opposite right. to it, right? There's always an extreme. So we're talking prosperity theology, which is completely unbiblical and completely wrong, where God is, like, obligated and the whole you know, Jesus came to like make us healthy and wealthy. Um, there's the people that swing the other way because that's so disgusting and they can fall for a like, um, the poverty, poverty, thinking theology gospel, you know, and there's verses you can pull up that seem to hint for that too. They're pulled out of context, but you know, there's, there's stuff that's like, you know, you can't love the world or anything of it, or you're not of me, you know, and people are like, that means I need to get rid of anything that's material. Right. And there's people that start living in poverty. And so, like, we don't subscribe to that either. Like, I was just thinking this week, like, how blessed I am. Like, in my mind, a lot of times, comparatively, which we shouldn't do, like, I I feel like we live pretty modestly. But when I sit there and look at just how I live, like, I live ridiculously well. Like, it's insane how blessed I am. And I do thank God that I get to live the way that I do. Like, I, 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 I feel like we have prospered in many ways in our business and stuff like that. I know that that's not because of something I've done or because um, uh, Jesus owes me that because I've come to him. But like I look at that and I'm like, this, this is amazing too. And, and so like there's also a sin. I, th- I think there's a, there's, a, there's a sin in thinking that God owes us or is obligated to give us prosperity when we come to him. But there's also one in when he does gift us with things in not thanking him and, right. and enjoying him and acknowledging him as the gift giver. And so there's there's kind of, we need to stay. But isn't uh, that isn't that really uh, like a difference in worship? It is. So, so sure. one, you're worshiping, you're worshiping the things. Yes. And one, you're worshiping the one who gave you the yeah. things. Not the right. gift, you know, but the giver. So you, whatever it is, whether it's even just a, a, an amazing meal, that should trampoline up to some kind of thanksgiving and worship towards God for being such, right. such a good, loving father who yeah. loves his kids. And, and when we're doing that, that, that's good. That pleases him. And I would say yeah. probably even, you know, again, it's not a reason to for him to give us more or to continue to bless us, but it seems like when we get that, he delights in giving us good things, sure. yeah. you know. Yeah. I think the other aspect to that kind of thinking is that we tend to think that when things don't go our way, that God hasn't blessed us. Right. Yeah. If I don't get the thing that I've prayed for, or if I don't get healed from an ailment, or, you know, whatever, that God hasn't blessed us. Um, or, you know, if I do happen to, you know, have a season of, you know, financial struggle that, you know, well, God's not blessing me now. And I think that's just messed up thinking too, because God can bless us. Even like, I think in my own life, like some of the leanest times, you know, financially have been some of the most blessed times because... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it causes me to trust more in God when the need is greater. Yeah, right. uh, you know, and I, I tend to like when the needs are met. You right. know, it's it's not as easy to trust in God. Yeah. So again, there's an increase at a at a spiritual level, usually when there's a decrease right. at a physical level. Right. Right. And this is really what what we find in our in our Bibles. That's that's the right. ongoing pattern. That's not a hidden one. It's an obvious one. And it might not be that the devil's against you. It might be that God has brought 
those circumstances about. Doesn't mean the devil right. or God's against you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we always try to make it. A loving father, he's going to do what's good for his children. And sometimes, it's like, if we've got kids, our children didn't always agree with our decisions. They didn't understand them. Right. They thought we were being mean. And yet we were doing it because we loved them and we were trying to protect them from sure. something. And God can do that all day long in ways that we'll never understand. Right. But that's where you just go back and trust in his sovereignty and focus in on the gospel and the cross. Yeah. It's like he sent his son for you. If he did that, you know, you don't think he's going to give you a, you right. know, a balloon? <laughs> it's like he's going to give you things. He's going to take care of you. He's good. You just see you sitting in heaven with your balloon. Yeah. <laughs> that's where wit. That's, that's how you're going to get there. That's how Brent's going to get there. I don't know why that was so funny to me, well, but it was. I would need a bigger balloon if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're coming up on time here, but I have uh, so uh, John Piper gave uh, in a sermon uh, several years back. Gave uh, six ways that you can kind of identify if, like, if you're trying to figure out kind of in that blurry area of like, is this prosperity theology or is a church I'm in, you know, prosperity leading? Uh, kind of six uh, things that you could help to try to identify. You know, bring some clarity into the blur. And here are the six things. So one, the absence of a serious doctrine of the biblical necessity and normalcy of suffering. The absence of a doctrine of suffering. Theology of suffering. Right. Yeah. Yep. Got to have it. Number two, uh, the absence of a clear and prominent doctrine of self-denial uh, is a tip-off that something is amiss. Wait, say that one again. The absence of a clear and prominent doctrine of self-denial. Uh-huh. So, so a lot of prosperity theology is, you know, heal me, give me this, yep. bless me with money, give me a better gotcha. job. Take up your cross you know, and follow those kinds of More things. self yeah. instead right. of less self. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, number three, the absence of a serious exposition of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so you have already yeah. alluded to that. Sure. I'm just kind of picking you yeah. verses out of context, right? Yep. Uh, number four, the absence of dealing with tensions in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Right, We tend to avoid the, the things that we have a hard time wrapping our mind around. Which is rightly dividing the word. Right. Which I would just say real quickly, the topical teaching in churches, to me, is something to, to watch out for in that, in that same regard. Sure. So most churches right. now seem to go with topical series instead of going through a book and line by line. Uh, and I think that's not always the right. case, but it can be the case. They're, right. they're, they're, they're purposely trying to avoid the, some of the things that right. are... I mean, that should be clarified. Like, whenever you see it, someone preach topically doesn't mean it's... Correct. Because you can be completely expositional right. while you're dealing with a topic. Yes. But if all you're doing is picking out certain verses, yep. then you're avoiding others. Yep. Right. Like, that's just... I would just say yeah. it's, it's one to watch for. Yep. Yeah, and, it, and if the topical teaching is, you know, try harder to be better, or if it's your best life now and you're not touching upon, you know, the suffering and the self-denial yep. and, and the harder things. Yep. So when we went to Revelation and did the seven letters to the seven churches and nothing else, watch out for that. Don't do that. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> that was fine. Right. Back to the list. Yeah. Well, number five, uh, church leaders who have exorbitant lifestyles. Right? Yeah. That's, that's kind of an obvious one. Like, who's Should the, be, but who, it who was the, the televangelist a while back that like, we asked for prayer for a jet, like yeah. a private jet, so mm-hmm. that they could go around the world and proclaim the gospel? Like, that's, that's probably If the your name top. is Creflo Dollar, <laughs> I don't know. If you've actually changed your name to have Dollar, in, right. that seems like That's probably a bad, a bad sign. Uh, and number six, uh, the last one, a prominence of self and a marginalization of the greatness of God. And so, yeah. so much a man-centered, right? Yeah, so much so prosperity theology is, is me-centered, yeah. you know, man-centered, and what's in it for me, right? Yep, that's good. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add, maybe, to that or mm. clarify? I just think it's a, it's something we always have to be on guard for because I think there's something in our flesh that 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 appeals to, and we want we want that. Sure. And so, um, you know, we always have to kind of go back to. A Christ-centered 
hermeneutic and theology um, that doesn't necessarily agree with our flesh or maybe right. it's not what people want to hear. Yeah. It's probably better and easier to build a church preaching the stuff we're talking oh, yeah. about. Absolutely. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's not the best thing we can be giving people. Right. Then I'll mention too, uh, uh, Glenn is tuned in. Glenn Miller, he says morning from Tanzania. Oh, wow. Tanzania? Yeah, so, so Glenn took Very time, cool. so uh, thankful for that. But you know, just thinking of, as we're talking about prosperity theology, like it's really prominent in Africa. And, and we know Glenn, one of our missionaries that we support, is, is there um, you know, trying to make a dent yeah. uh, for the gospel by training pastors in right theology yeah. and right thinking. They're not shooting shirts out of cannons over there. Probably like, not. They can't afford a cannon or a shirt. Like You see the pictures he sends back and... You know, these people are, are, you know, literally meeting in huts, you know, makeshift yeah. huts that have dirt floors and stuff. And, and they're just happy to have the Word of God in right. their laps. And, yeah, that's, that's a pretty awesome thing. Yeah. But, but it's remarkable just what kind of hold prosperity theology has taken, especially in Africa. Mm-hmm. It's taken hold all over the world. It is. It's funny but, that it is huge there. Right. It's, like, well, well, it's, it's, a carrot. it's a carrot that's being dangled to get them out of those circumstances. Well, I think the right. problem is we've we've imported it. I think John oh, yeah. Piper we said have. that at one point. Yeah. Like, we we're, we're the ones who have imported a prosperity gospel to the rest of the world, you know, crap called yeah. the gospel because yeah. they're looking at us and the way we live and the way we expect to live and how prosperous we've lived, and they're going, "That's what it looks like to be a Christian." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, any final thoughts on prosperity theology? It's caca. Yeah, that's my final thought. All right. Yeah. With that, right uh, down that quote. <laughs> with that, uh, you want to you want to pray for Glenn too, uh, just with what he's doing. One of you guys. I opened all it, all it, okay. all it, Brent. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Can't pray twice in a day. No, yeah, that is too much. Right? Uh, Lord, thanks so much that um, that, that you are um, the strength of our heart and our portion forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what an amazing thing that we get you. And may we never just lose sight of that, or may that never grow old or shock us every day that, that you have given us you and, and that, that, that sinners could have a relationship with you and, and, a, and a future with you and inheritance that is kept for us is amazing. So, Lord, let, let the things of the earth just grow strangely dim and, and let us look to you as our hope and, and our joy and our peace and all these things. Thank you that we do have abundant life in you. And... Um, Lord, we do want to pray for Glenn and, and for the, the work that's being done over there in Africa right now. Pray that he would be uh, hugely successful in training pastors, mm-hmm. true theology about you and the true redemptive story about Jesus and that, that they would understand um, that none of these other things that we've talked about today are, are really going to bring them satisfaction. Only you can do that. And so uh, we're grateful for, for men like that to go out and, and spend time doing this. We pray for uh, your blessing upon him. We pray for your blessing upon all those who are listening today. And thank you, Lord, again for my brothers and this time we get to spend doing this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks for being with us. All next right. week. Send in your questions. Yeah. Keep keep them coming. Yeah, keep them coming. <laughs>